not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. You're working hard to put food on your family. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House! All right, we're here with another episode of Pines and Diplomacy. I am your host, Tyler Stewart. Co-host, Ryan Comer. So we have our interview with Mike Draper. He is the owner and founder of Raygun, the greatest store in the universe. We go over some of the best shirt ideas and worst shirt ideas that have been pitched to him. Very special guest. Uh, we also pitched some of our ideas. It has been a long two weeks since we've dropped an episode, so here we are. We're going to do a quick news recap and by quick might take a little bit because it's been a lot there's been a lot of news the last last two weeks short story long short story long trump our incumbent president has lost first incumbent to lose in 28 years joe biden has defeated him (laughs) allegedly allegedly (laughs) we don't know either way no matter how you say it the the associated press has officially called the race all the networks all the the networks all the networks and trump here we are, two weeks later, has refused to concede. A lot of these states, your your Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Michigan's, uh, especially Pennsylvania more specifically, they were... There's no S on the end of Michigan. <laughs> but you, like, look at Pennsylvania, and they tried to be able to count the ballots, the mail-in ballots, sooner. They were denied, and then here we are counting ballots, these mail-in ballots, after the in-person ballots... Why is it taking so long, though, Tyler? Exactly. Why is it taking so long? And then people start I don't protesting. Trust that. And but they're shocked when these mail-in ballots come back, eighty-five percent in favor of Biden, because Democrats more overwhelmingly voted in, by mail. Tom by mail voters were Tom overwhelmingly Democrat. Yeah. Well, you, I call Tom Fuller semantics. Boys. Semantics. But like that's that's what happened. Like that Trump told his voters or his supporters to go vote in person. So that's, that's that's a lot of the commentary I've been hearing is like it falls in line with exactly what everyone was saying for in advance. Months. Yeah, for, for months. months they were there was telling like us that red yeah. mirage. That's what they kept saying. The red mirage. Like uh, it's going to look like yeah. it's a red. Like these states are going to go red, but they're going to flip blue because yeah. of the mail-in ballots. It's going to be in question no matter what. I mean, he questioned. He won in in 2016, and he still uh, all that fraud would have won the popular vote, but the three million votes were. Illegal. Illegal immigrants or, yeah. Yeah, something. So no matter what, no matter how it goes, like he laid the groundwork for that early on. Mm -hmm. Here's the crazy thing. 2016, and this like statistic blows my mind. 2016, Hillary Clinton won by about 3 million votes than the popular vote. Mm -hmm. She lost the electoral vote 306 to 232. Here we are four years later. Biden wins by 5 million votes, which and that that lead is actually increasing to almost 6 million votes. Mm -hmm. And he's going to win 306 to 232. That's, that just doesn't seem a very representative uh, democracy when you have the results that can be skewed like that. But for Biden to win, he did flip Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Arizona, and Georgia. Arizona and Georgia being the big flips of the night. You have Arizona, which some would be shocked. I'm not overly shocked because you had a strong Senate candidate in Mark Kelly. And you have a president that attacked one of their most sacred politicians john and McCain. leaders john mccain yeah so i, I mean somebody, at some point Trump, i saw somebody somebody said the, the ghost of john mccain came back to bite him right. like you can't you cannot you can't just flat out disrespect people that are like heroes i mean john mccain is a, is a hero uh nationally 
uh, obviously in the state of Arizona. Um, yeah, he's a hero. You know what my favorite John McCain moment is? When the Republicans were trying to dismantle the Affordable Care Act and it came down to John McCain's vote in the Senate. And he, he was walked, the last one he, to vote? Yeah, and he walked up there right in front of Mitch McConnell, right in his face, gave him a thumbs down, and then you just heard an audible gasp. And then the, <laughs> some of the Democrats started cheering in the back. That was the biggest middle finger to Mitch McConnell's face <laughs> that you could ever imagine from another Republican senator. Yeah. I think we'd all like to give him a middle finger. <laughs> or all, all, Except of them, apparently all of us sitting at the table. I was going to say, apparently not the majority of the voters in his district. Right. Well, no. Plus, he played granny on Beverly Hillbillies. I mean, that, <laughs> like that alone... I don't know. I don't know. Man. What is that reference? I've never seen the Beverly Hillbillies. You've never seen Beverly Hillbillies? Oh, uh, Beverly God. Hillbillies. He oh, gra- he looks like grandma. The grandma. Uh, oh, the, the grandma. <laughs> he looks okay. like the granny off Beverly Hillbillies. Up from the ground came a bubbling pool. Yeah. Oil that is. Okay. Texas cool. teas. Good. You don't black gold. Black gold. No, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> accurate. Except the chin. So that's that was that was Jared uh reacting to Mitch McConnell and uh I'm granny, I don't know her granny name. Granny from, from, uh, from Beverly Hillbillies. Also in the news here, Trump is just throwing lawsuits left and right to try to overturn Frivolous. the results. Frivolous lawsuits. One of them, the the biggest one that was being used by Republicans as a platform to stand on, the guy actually rescinded his statement. The USPS worker. Yeah, the USPS worker and said it wasn't from, true. And then there was a GoFundMe set up for, for him that raised $130,000 from like GOP donors. Um, I believe the governor of Texas... Governor Abbott, I believe, is offering like a million dollar reward for anybody with yeah. Lieutenant Governor. Lieutenant Governor. Okay. Well, to me, that just seems shady. That's but nothing just... compared to the trillion of anything that our special guest. Oh, yeah, <laughs> is offering. What? So our special guest that uh, the interview you'll be listening to, Mike Draper, the owner of Raygun, has offered how much was it? A trillion? Yes, one of trillion. One trillion of anything for okay. any tips of voter fraud that lead, lead to, the to the changing of the election, like yeah, the results. Anything that changes okay. the results. One trillion of anything. Yes. At I'm one not, point I asked him for, could I get a trillion $20 bills? He's like, why don't you make it a trillion $100 bills? I'm like, that's a really good point. I don't know why <laughs> yeah, I would, why would sell you? myself short. <laughs> right. That was kind of a crazy moment. Oh, that's funny. These lawsuits, which a lot of them have been dismissed. Uh, I think in like this, the city of Philadelphia, um, he's gone like 0 for 5 or 0 for 8 on, on these lawsuits. None of them have stuck. He's almost just like throwing... He's just throwing food at a wall and seeing what sticks, and because he's just flailing. This is the last gasp of a incumbent president that incumbent presidency, I guess, that's falling apart. Guys, yeah. I saw on fa- on the Facebook where people were sharing screenshots, pictures, pictures. You can't pull a fast one when it's a picture, guys. And it said there was deceased voters on the on the rolls. Uh, there were um, lots of voter fraud, lots of shenanigans. And then you go look it up. You Google the crap. That's all you got to do. So I, it was Fox 2 News, uh, Detroit, big long list of all this stuff that was involved in a lawsuit. So I Googled it. I look every, I saw it all over social media. So I Google it. It's a case that was dropped. Uh, I believe it was July 1st or July 2nd. The case is dropped because it was fixed. The, the situation was corrected. But people share this stuff, and then they believe it, and they buy into it. And that just feeds into the 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 uh, the public's view of oh this isn't real and hysteria and the undermining of yes. our public people driving up and down the streets in Des Moines I believe this weekend there was a, a some type of a rally part oh, of the million MAGA march Google your Google your stuff man I want to say about ninety five percent of Trump's tweets in the last two weeks have been flagged by Twitter for being false There's just a lot of people who don't understand how the election system works 
This isn't our <laughs> this isn't our first election. Basically, yeah. like, we've dealt with these things before. The Pennsylvania poll place was streaming its whole thing live. Like you could go and watch it um, as they were counting ballots. So, kind of makes it hard to believe that there was any significant. And again, the the thing is. What people, I think, tend to not realize is like significant voter fraud is what you need. A couple small cases doesn't matter. A handful per state, it's not going to be something that's going to swing the election. Swing 70,000 votes yeah, in right. one way completely. So not likely. Um, also in the news, a lot of Republican senators are refusing to congratulate Joe Biden. And this is two weeks after the election, almost two weeks. Trump, The Trump administration is deliberately delaying. The Joe Biden, the Joe Biden's transition team from coming in and starting getting those intelligence yep. briefings and yeah, there is no intelligence uh, in the White House for Joe Biden to ah. obtain. Oh, very boom, clever. very clear. There it is. Snap. Well, well done. Sorry. Let's talk COVID for a second here, and oh. then we'll flip into our above <laughs> and below the line. <laughs> what? No, just, no, that was about you. Away. That's just, <laughs> it's about COVID. Like he just, he's like, just oh, tired. Co- I'm just tired. Oh, the COVID. COVID. Oh. Tired of it. Was it and that's part of the problem. Is this the what? What are they? They're, they've even named it something. Is it COVID, COVID fatigue? Ex- or fatigue. Or yeah, COVID fatigue. Where people, oh, I'm tired of the social distancing. I'm tired of wearing a mask. Are you tired of being alive? Are you tired of your parents being alive? Are you tired of your grandparents being alive? Like. Can I get some breaking like news? You're right throwing now? it yeah, at me now. I'm no, gonna, not you. No, 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 no. no, no. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going to break some news. I got a text from my mom on Friday, and she tested positive for COVID. Oh, no. No symptoms. She has no symptoms. So, so why did she get tested? Good. Because she works at a nurse, like in a hospital. So they test they them like test every regularly. Week. Yeah, yeah they oh. very regularly. At least they test her for her work. Okay. Back to COVID fatigue. Like, the one thing I've heard is if you believe a mask mandate would change your lifestyle significantly right now then you're probably you're the reason the, we're yeah, in the you're position the part we're in. of the problem yeah, yeah. it's that's it's, that's my freedoms brother but the problem back is back up off my freedom is people think well i feel fine like i don't like i'm okay i'm okay if i catch covid the problem isn't about you it's not about you it is not about you yeah could being selfish it's about you going and infecting somebody else and taking somebody else's loved loved one or family member away from them because you wanted to go to perkins you <laughs> Wanted I to go out not. to the bar. I haven't even been you, to Perkins. You, Ryan. <laughs> no, it's just I didn't. Go, I didn't go anywhere. No, it's just the point is, if you want to go somewhere, go. Wear a mask. Yeah. Forget yourself. Like, okay, you don't like the idea of wearing masks. Fine, but like, there are people that are concerned. They have reason to be concerned. Isn't it enough to just wear a mask for the sake of your neighbors? Just be nice about it. It's not that hard of a thing for you to do. Jared, if someone, COVID Kim said. Iowans will do the oh, right COVID, thing. I guess. We'll, do the, we'll do the right thing. We'll do the right, we'll do the right thing. We'll do the right thing. Yeah, we'll do the right yeah, thing. Yeah, we are. Clearly. Look at the numbers. We're getting, we're getting t- we can take care of people. We should be able to shut down four to six weeks, and we should be able to send a stimulus check to everybody. We should be able to bail out these these small companies so they can make it through because they're the ones that kind of Ooh, drive these. I wouldn't sh- use bailout probably wasn't the right phrase. Well, I'd rather bail out small Assist. businesses and medium businesses than your- Keep um, them safe. Provide security. Capitalism. For the poor, socialism for the rich. That's what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like right now. Let's segue segue into our above the line, below the line. Ryan, I saw a cop uh, Iowa City Mall on a segue. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. At the Iowa City Mall? Yeah, so Coralville. The Coralville. Paul Blart? Is that I didn't ask his name. Well, I kn- Is that the vibe you're, he was putting out? Um, I've never seen the movie. Sorry. Like, Do you hate Kevin James? No, I'm a f- I like... Uh, King that Queens. show he was on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Great show. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, you want to start with your above the line? Uh, absolutely. The line? I would love to start with my. Let's hear it. My above the line. 
for this episode, I saw somebody uh, refer to him as the penguin, Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> <laughs> he is the penguin. I've never, why have I never made that connection? I, I, I have literally until I saw it. I don't even know where I, I don't remember where I saw it now, but uh, yeah, the penguin, really, Rudy Giuliani. It's hilarious. Like it, it's straight comedy. Like they don't even need like they don't need somebody to to come on Saturday Night Live and play him. Just ask him to come on and play yourself. Like, Although Kate McKinnon as Rudy oh, Giuliani is great, knocks it out of the park. <laughs> but the uh, in front of the Four Seasons, anybody? No, I yeah, I know. Do you want to finish? I'm just trying to figure out no, what wait, melted his I brains forty years ago or to wait, now. No, I was waiting for you to say landscaping. Oh, landscaping. Sorry. When you, <laughs> when you say he was in front of the, he was in front of Four Seasons, like. Yeah, no. Four Seasons Landscaping, and he's talking about uh, he uh, well, he's talking about all the lawsuits and all this stuff, and then all of a sudden, uh, the reporters in attendance are t- are saying, you know, the it's been called. It's and he's like, oh, who, uh, who, who called it? And they're like, uh, the networks. All they're like all the networks, and he steps back from his little microphone and and whatnot, and he steps back and he's like. Oh, all the networks and yeah, like looks looks up at the sky like just, it's it's ridiculous. Well, it looks like the Saturday Night Live skit. Everything he does, yeah, just... it's impressive. <laughs> and then uh, Stu, what you I know you oh. piggyback on my Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, we have a we have a clip we'll play here from Fox News with Rudy Giuliani. We'll play that for you right here. Uh, that clip, he sounds insane. He ab- he absolutely sounds insane, making like sound effects about counting ballots and. You listen to that, and it's like that is the lawyer. He's now like leading the, the lawyer, the, yeah, the lawyer for this, uh, for the election for for Trump. He's and heading the team of lawyers. Like what in the world? I mean, are you I think thinking? it comes back to these are just all a bunch of old men. They're literally just getting to the age where they just start to lose a little bit. Like that's where just did, a normal was, thing. After nine eleven, like Rudy Giuliani was the man. Yeah, like he was big time. He was big. Like well, everybody loved Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani, his path to where he is right now is like the path of Emperor Palpatine from Star Wars. Like he just he like gets older and older and older and more disgusting well, looking. Say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's just like he's he won't go away. He, he won't go away. He keeps coming back. Accurate. Spoiler alert for yeah. you. <laughs> but he's always there and you just can't get rid of him. I yeah. guess for purposes of appearance, he does kind of look like the penguin. Yeah. From, yeah. So Yeah. Oh he's he is the penguin. God, the the fall from grace that man has had from like you said nine eleven to now he was a rock star and now he's just making sound effects on Fox News trying to overturn an election like what what do do what do your, do your Rudy Giuliani I don't have a Rudy Giuliani do your do I don't your, I don't I don't have a good one do that sound effect well do the way he said listen to it again almost no. <laughs> the, the, the beeps is that your <laughs> no the oh he's like we got we got to count the ballots he's like counting really weird. I don't that know. Just me he up. just makes weird noises. Edit out that laugh of mine because that was brutal. But it sounds obnoxious so to look at this guy. Actually, like whether we like it or not, while Trump is president, has some power. Yeah. And this guy has power. We 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 know better than that. We know better. That is it's insane. So that's your above the line, though. That the, is because I, I, I love Giuliani. it. I love. I well, and like, it's. I guess there's something to be said for like. Yeah, I mean, all your point of him being influential, like. All this shit was going to happen anyway. Like Trump was always going to push for this, so at least we got some entertainment value exactly. in that's the form of Rudy Giuliani. The exact word I was looking for. It's entertaining, and that's that's all I'm here for, baby. <laughs> We're here for ratings. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, what do you got for below the line? So my below the line is so <clears throat> like, I, and I, I am a teacher, mm. 
and I talk at school all the time. We talk about how we're drowning in information. We have more access to information than we've ever had in our entire lives. Uh, and it's important to sift through. And so, um, you know, Facebook has started putting on, if you put something up on Facebook, that's absolute bull crap, it gets flagged. If you put something on Twitter, that's absolute bull crap. Like our president has been doing, it gets flagged. Um, so now what we've had to do so that we don't get flagged is create a whole new social media platform. Uh, and I don't, I'm, maybe I'm missing out on some history. Maybe it's been around. For What's, what, so what, what app are we talking about here, Ryan? Parlor. Parlor. So uh, it, is, it is tabbed as the unbiased social media focused <laughs> on real user experiences and engagement, free expression without violence, and no censorship. And that's that leads to bias. There's a lot of irony well, there. Well, it sounds great. I mean, it, that sounds great, right? But basically what that means is you can get on there and say whatever you want and there's no fact checking done and unfortunately here's the un here to me here's the unfortunate part is that people do not do their own fact checking people do not take the time to take that next step and google something they see it they share it i see it all the time on facebook people see it they share it and it's i can't believe this is going on well if you take that next step and google it or i bet if you go to any other search search engine ask jeeves i bet jeeves will tell you too <laughs> like wherever you go if you will take that next step alta vista yes uh bing <laughs> but like go search that and you'll find out it's garbage but so now here we got this website where people can just share stuff all willy-nilly i love to throw willy-nilly is one of my willy favorites million. but like i don't i don't see that as a good thing and that's what that you open that parlor app open for it is gonna you're opening the door to the worst parts of social media, like the worst aspects of it is going to find its breeding ground in the parlor app. Yeah. And that's <laughs> such a problem. And the worst, I just was kind of looking up on it uh, as you were talking about it. And one of the first things in this high profile proponents like Senator Ted Cruz are recruiting new users. Yeah. Like there's Remember, a, Ted pro Cruz there's a like problem pulling there. ads for it. Like he was doing that's... ads to get people to join parlor. I'll start with my below the line. Cause my above the line will make, uh, we'll just end on a good note. I guess my below the line is the stop the steal. Hmm where we have uh, – there was a lar large group of – a large amount of people joining Facebook groups called Stop the Steal, um, like the night of the election when these mail-in ballots were starting to trickle in. And Facebook had to shut some of them down because they were talking about, like, committing violent acts against Democrats and mm -hmm. other people. They, they shut some of them down. But the Stop the Steal has kind of morphed into the Million MAGA March, which occurred yesterday on Saturday. And it's just obnoxious because they're perpetuating false um, information – they're just doing a really good job of undermining our entire public institutions, and that's so frustrating. There was a, the one group on Facebook that some guy had apparently started a Stop the Steal group, got up to 64,000 followers, and then changed it to, oh. uh, what oh. was it, Gay Communists for Socialism? socialism? For yeah. So that guy was, that was Which a is obje job. That's objectively funny. Yeah. I don't care who you are. Like, yeah. that's funny. Above the line, mm -hmm. this Here is we a, go. here's the good news. Here we go. Pfizer. Yeah. Pfizer. Oh, my God. Pfizer has released their study saying that they believe their... I think it's pronounced Pfizer. Pfizer. Their COVID vaccination is, I guess, according to them, appears to be 90% effective, which is exceeding their expectations. And yeah. they believe some of those could maybe be starting to ship out in December. Uh, probably not large scale until to everybody until probably like your April. Yeah, but that's not, just promising news. Not to be the buzzkill on that, but I've also been reading that... For the first several months, it's I essentially going to be a, a, a vaccine for the rich because. Oh well, yeah. We'll be I just saw, I'm just be honest. I saw it's 90 percent, and I thought 
Hey, we're we're going to be now. rolling. It, the it's three of us are going to be of... rolling in vaccine. That's oh, yeah. all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, there's my above the line. <laughs> this is our interview with our very special guest. Very. Very. The owner, founder of the greatest store in the universe, Ray Gun. Oh, I don't know. That's the name. That's their pitch. Is that's that, it. Oh, that's it's actually literally yeah, on, on their, their store. Okay. I was not aware of that. Self-proclaimed. So some of you may be wondering why you won't hear Jared's voice in the interview. That is because he was not there. He was ill, not COVID related, Ill but he was ill. Couldn't like make Beastie it. Like Boys style. Don't think he just abandoned us. Uh, but yeah, uh, we talk about some really interesting things. We find out how liberal he is, and we <laughs> also... We also bond a little bit. I think we did a we did Aww, some good things. Well, Ryan and Ryan and uh, Mike bonded a little bit for about ten minutes while my internet <laughs> kicked me out, um, and then they talked about me behind my back. But true. Say, I'm sure they probably booted you off on purpose. Probably. I, I texted Stu. I said, "We need a ten minute break." I was from like, "Dude, Stu. Mike's fucking pissed." <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, "Oh, great." I knew you were kidding, but part of me was still concerned in case you weren't. But <laughs> imagine that. Um, so yeah, hope you enjoy the interview. So we'd like to welcome a very special guest to our show, the founder of Raygun, which is the greatest store in the universe. We have Mike Draper here. Mike, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I am Mike Draper, the founder and owner of Raygun, which has been called the greatest store in the universe by Raygun. Perfect. That's <laughs> just a that's a real honor, you know. <laughs> it counts for yeah, something. Yeah, my mom I mean, yeah, my mom wasn't calling it the greatest store in the universe, so we had to just take matters into our own hands. <laughs> Um, so this is our show, Pints and Diplomacy. Um, the goal of our show um, is to bring on people who have some political influence, uh, whether it's a politician or somebody as yourself who's a business owner, who does kind of dive into politics a little bit with, I guess, with their business model. Um, but the whole point is to talk politics with people from both sides of the aisle and to like humanize people, let them know that they may have different beliefs and that's fine. We can still have a productive discussion. Um, but also that the point is to kind of solve problems and that's kind of the point of our government. Um, but yeah, we just have a casual conversation. We'll pepper questions at you and we'll just kind of talk and banter for the show. Does that work for yeah, you? Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, that's pretty much my job description. So. <laughs> it's like what I do all day. I don't know what takes me so long too, but it seems to fill up hours upon hours. My wife's like, what do you do for 11 hours a day? And I'm like, I don't know. I spent a lot of time wondering that today. <laughs> I mean, I look at online, it seems like you've been pretty busy because I see all the <laughs> designs you have already. Like I'm, I'm sitting there struggling which one to buy. It's challenging. Yeah, I mean, we run, the store runs a little more like, like an alternative weekly than, or a newspaper that it does a clothing store. So yeah. when, you know, last Saturday, you know, I get the notification that it's like, oh, the, you know, New York Times has called the race for Biden. I was like, damn it, on a Saturday. <laughs> and then that I got to like rush back to the store so we can release all the stuff that we had like ready to go. So it is like you day to day it changes. And I've, you know, have been interested in politics since the beginning of the company, but interested in it just as like a hobby. My parents actually met as staffers in DC was how they met. And then neither of them are like involved in politics anymore um but it was always uh i mean just my parents talked about it a lot when i was like sure. growing up so when i was like 17 i went to you know like my first caucus and then we went to the straw poll that summer that was like the summer of 2000 and so it's you know been essentially like in the ether and i've been fairly active as like a business owner i spoke i'd it's wild to be able to say something like this, but you're like, I addressed Congress in 2009. I spoke in favor of the Affordable Care Act uh, to the House Ways and Means Committee, which 
sounds more impressive. Like I'd love saying that I like <laughs> I address Congress because you get there and it's you know they have um, like three panels and I was on the second panel and the day is like so disorganized that like representatives are just like coming and going. So when you watch it on C-SPAN, they're like zoomed in on one representative and then they like zoom in on like the table of the speakers. And I'm sitting there like ready to address the group and it's Ways and Means Committee is huge. So there's uh, like 50 some people on it. Mm -hmm. And there's literally like four representatives <laughs> like remaining by the time I'm like addressing them. And so if you like find the video somewhere on YouTube, my opening line is, hello, I've never addressed so many empty leather chairs. <laughs> um, and that like the staffers behind me, like the microphone can't pick it up, yeah. um, but just like erupted in laughter as if that was like the funniest thing they had ever heard. And I was just kind of like, whoa, if you like that, I've, I've got way better material. Um, <laughs> so has anybody told a joke in the US Capitol before? Holy crap. So. I anything from there I think Boswell was our rep but have you know met oh, yeah. with uh Grassley <laughs> um, a couple times he and I have like cross paths you know went to DC last year uh to lobby for the minimum wage increase with Finkenauer and Axney and we have you know just kind of weaved in and out of um like politics over the years that's like my long I feel like I should give some sort of credentials in case somebody's like why is the t-shirt guy here yeah well um, no yeah well I know everybody so I mean that helps even if yeah even if you didn't have those credentials there like you still weigh like heavy in the political community to that today I mean you're it's you have an you have political influence yeah I mean and it's America in general so everybody can have an opinion whether they have sure. information or not so it's like yeah. forget like let's throw caution to the wind the world's flat <laughs> Um, so somewhere in there let's let's just dive right in i guess uh election results um i don't know how how you spent election night i was up for like more than 24 hours i kept waiting for that that uh milwaukee county drop <laughs> Wisconsin. it was a wild night but yeah the nbc had you hooked or whatever show oh, you were Steve, i'm like Kornacki. <laughs> i loved it but uh what is, your, what is your take on that night? I know because Dems lost a lot of the House seats or some House seats, but overall. Yeah, it's, I mean, for the night in general, um, I have, so I've got four kids. I'm not, it's not like a, it's not a Catholic thing. Um, <laughs> we're not doing it for a reason. I always feel like I should explain, like I didn't, you know, it's not like a, as Jim Gaffigan says, like, what about, where'd all these kids come from? What, I leave out peanut butter or something? <laughs> and um, the youngest was, uh, or still is, is three, and she was last week too. But it, the election was like right after the time change, which meant that my youngest that normally would wake up at 5.45 goes to like waking up at 4.45. So that week in general is like a pretty rough one. And you have got to be offering me something just blockbuster-esque for me to stay up past 10 p.m. <laughs> and so I was like, if it's a blowout, I'll watch it till midnight. But if it's close, this thing's gonna go on for days. So I was able to like stick to it and um, went you know, to bed at like 10 and then I like woke up and checked some of the results. And in the store, so we have like Raygun in Des Moines and then inside the store is a coffee shop. And so there's a lot of people that come in and like visit throughout the day. And I remember just being in, um, you know, like the shower the morning after, just like, because <laughs> that morning after it didn't really, wasn't looking all that good if you were a Biden supporter. And then slowly as the day went on that you like refreshed the New York Times every five minutes. <laughs> I mean, we made several jokes about it on social media. 
things kind of got better and better if you were a Biden supporter. And, sure. you know, everybody's mood who was like coming into the store changed. And by the end of that Wednesday, you were like, oh my God, like I, this guy's going to like win Pennsylvania. I mean, we were all like statisticians where you're like, every percent it goes up, he goes up by 0.03% <laughs> at this math. By the time it gets to 96% reporting, he will have passed Trump in Pennsylvania and the nomination is his. It was this, I, it was kind of bizarrely, there was enough states by that point between like Arizona, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Georgia to be like mildly entertaining um, mm -hmm. to kind of keep your attention for, by Thursday it was getting pretty boring. <laughs> but I was feeling better at least by Thursday. Like every day was a little better, a little better. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of knew like the writing was on the wall by Thursday. I mean, what, here we are a week after that Thursday and still <laughs> yeah. it's like technically undecided. Um, yeah. But yeah, unpacking the results afterwards, it is, I don't know. You just don't know what to make of it. I mean, that Biden would win Georgia, but lose Iowa by eight. Yeah. And then within Iowa that, you know, Finkenauer as an incumbent who had pretty easily beaten Blum. And did well, would lose. Yeah, would lose to like an upstart. And if you, you know, if you listen to like the far left progressives, they're like, well, we just, the progressives didn't run progressive enough tickets. And it's like, when I first met with Finkenauer about the minimum wage, you know, she was a realist and like, does it have to be 15 across the whole country or should we, you know, regionalize it? Is it going to be less in like rural America and more in the cities and things like that? And, you know, I said, you know, I'll kind of support you, whatever. I think it, it makes it easier if it's 15 across the board. Obviously there's going to be some places where it makes more and less sense. And she finally kind of came around and was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to do 15 across the board. So if you look at Finkenauer's policies, she ticked a lot of the big progressive boxes mm -hmm. and lost. I, so I, it's hard for me to find this like magic formula that you've got, you know, Biden is able to win. The Dems lose some seats in the house. Uh, you know, they don't pick up enough in the Senate. I guess it's still waiting on Georgia, but it's, um, I don't know. The whole thing is it, it's one of those things in, you know, in business, they're like, well, you just got to collect data. You'll sometimes get like data that points one direction and then you get more data that points in another direction. And you're like, well, shit, now I've got more data and I am more confused than I was than before I had like this data available. I think after this election, it, I don't know where, it's hard for me to tell where Iowa is going or the country in general. It's the, tough. These, yeah, these voting blocks are so now fractured that I'm not, I, I, have kind of wondered about that of like what happened and what people are looking for. I, Cause if you look at like 2008 and then in his first term, you know, passes the ACA, one of the most monumental pieces of legislation in like that uh, into a decade leading up to 2008. So this monster bill that changes, you know, healthcare for millions of people, you know, gay marriage is legalized. The economy is turned around. I mean, just yep. America is riding high. Got a couple of Supreme Court justices in there and... Yeah, I mean, you diversified the Supreme Court on and on and on and on. Fewer people showed up on the, on the left in 2012 than they did in 2008. Mm -hmm. So if you are a progressive, Obama's first years, judging by turnout, was like a disappointment. Of They're like, well, he could have done more. He could have closed Guantanamo. We could have gotten immigration reform. Yeah. So I was kind of looking at it through that lens. And I thought... There's going to be the surge on the left. Trump's only hope is if more people turn out, which judging by the last four years and where we're at now, 
how is that possible? Like, right. if fewer people turned out, for, uh, if fewer Obama supporters turned out for Obama after his first four years, which were great, how would Trump possibly turn out more people? And he did. I mean, it, maybe that's a it, testament to fear and what fear does to people. I don't know what it is. I, it's yeah. like 120,000 more people showed up for Biden, but then what, 100,000 more people? Well, almost 97,000 in Iowa showed up for Trump. 97,000 more. I mean, a 13% increase. And, you know, if you listen to the hard left, like the Bernie supporters are like, well, you know, Bernie would have won because he would have energized new voters. And you're like, there was 80% turnout in Iowa. If Bernie were on the ticket, you would have had to have hit 98% turnout. And all of those extra people would have had to go to Bernie to overcome Trump. I mean, I, it's, it's hard to play these what if scenarios with, I mean, Trump is such an anomaly, like nothing applies to, you know, you don't want to go through the entire laundry list, but you're like, you know, when you're referring to John McCain saying that you like your heroes to not get captured. Sorry, Jesus. Um, yeah. That, that would have sunk any presidential candidate in the last like 60 years. So I don't know. It's, it is hard to really know what um, it's, Comparing apples to oranges, I think this year people were looking for totally different things and candidates, obviously. Well, I mean, does that make you a little concerned for 2024? Because I, I, the way I thought of it and I looked at it was, like you said, in that frame of usually in that, that incumbent president, when they run for re-election, they lose some votes. But with Trump gaining votes, do you expect you know, a Biden or maybe a Kamala Harris presidency? Do you, do you think she would energize some people? Yeah, I mean, I... It would surprise me. I'm trying to think of what would surprise me more if Biden ran for a second term or if Trump ran again. Um, I don't think either are great scenarios. I think Trump, like Biden seems like a nice guy, but I think if he were running again in four years, most people would be like, uh, hey man, (laughs) this kind of wasn't, we were under the understanding that you were going to just wrap it up after four years. And so I, you know, I don't know. I I mean, Trump does have this like odd career. He, you know, he taps into something that's far bigger than the organization he's with. I mean, just wild what he has gotten guys like Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham to go along with. And still go along with, even right now. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like it's a practical joke. Like he's been hired. It reminds me of, um, I think it's in From Dusk Till Dawn. This guy's like telling a joke and he says, oh, hey, um, so this guy goes up to a bartender and he says, hey, I'll bet you 50 bucks that I can stand on your bar and pee into this shot glass and not spill a drop. And the bartender's like, okay, sure. So the guy stands up, goes to pee in the shot glass, and pees everywhere except the shot glass, like the bar, <laughs> the bottles, the bartender. And the bartender is like laughing. It's like, oh my God, you missed it completely. Why would you do that? And he's like, because I bet that guy over there $100 that I could pee on you and your bar and that you'd not only not be mad about it, you'd laugh about it. And I kind of wonder about that. Did Trump like bet somebody else, like he and George Soros are actually working together (laughs) and George Soros, and he's like, I bet I can get Mitch McConnell to agree to this. And George Soros is like, I'll bet you a billion dollars. And Trump's like, I need that money. Um, And you just like... I don't know. It's we're living in such a surreal time when we get to the, like the 12 part Ken Burns miniseries <laughs> about this in eight years. And my kids are like, that really happened. And you're like, Hey man, 
I'm as surprised as you are. I was living through it and people were like, what is going on here? I think you just cracked the code. I think we just went down a rabbit hole. That's like the exact opposite of a QAnon conspiracy theory. I think we just figured it out. That's what's going on. <laughs> yeah, it's like that he's on, I mean, but do you remember in 2016, there was a conspiracy that Trump was actually working for the Clintons to lose the election so yeah. Hillary would get it. I mean, that was how, when you looked at it from the outside, people were like, this is crazy. Like, what is going on? What did he say? You, go out on, on Fifth Avenue or something and shoot somebody in the head and still... <laughs> yeah, he's like, I could go and shoot somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue and not lose a vote. He said that in Iowa. Yeah, and... And later that yeah. summer, if you Googled, is Trump trying, the autofill for most people was lose the election. Is Trump trying to lose the, I mean, so many people were like, is this guy trying to lose the election? So I don't know where we'll be in 2024. I mean, hopefully I'm not wearing a mask. Um, yeah. That's Good. my immediate concern is just for, you know, this whole dumpster fire to wrap up in a timely manner. But um, so why? Why Ray Gun? Why the why the why the name? Ray oh Gun? man, yeah. <clears throat> um, uh, I mean, if I were going to keep it on topic, I would tell you that like George Soros picked the name for us, but it's not. <laughs> I've never been paid by George Soros. During the protests, we were like, man, does anybody have George's number? Like, are we getting a little walking around money? Christmas is coming up. Like, does he pay per tweet? So I um, grew up in like Van Meter. Well, actually, I was like. We're going all the way to the beginning. I was born in Lutheran Hospital, which is just six blocks from where I'm standing currently. So geographically, I've not come very far in life. <laughs> just like half a mile from where I started. And between here and there, there's a funeral home. So I could go like start to finish in one tiny stretch of the east side of Des Moines. But grew up out in Van Meter. My main goal growing up was to like leave Van Meter <laughs> and uh, went to the University of Pennsylvania. So it was kind of like mission accomplished, uh, studied history had no plans when I went to Penn to like start a t-shirt company. Um, and my parents, when they sent me to Penn, also didn't have plans that I would one day start a t-shirt company. But my senior year, I got rejected for a master's fellowship and I had put like no other thought into like what I was gonna do after graduation. So um, I hadn't taken the LSATs or the GREs. I hadn't applied for any jobs, <laughs> like the stuff that a lot of seniors are doing, <laughs> which, I think deep down was kind of like a good indicator that I was not particularly uh, like driven towards taking the, like if you can't even muster the energy to open the LSAT book, probably a bad sign in terms of starting, like you probably shouldn't go to law school. Like it's not gonna get easier from there. And so after I get rejected from this fellowship, a friend was like, do you wanna start selling t-shirts um, on campus? I was like, yeah, sure. So we had one t-shirt, we sold it on campus. Uh, and I was kind of like, yeah, this light bulb went off, which it's like a whole other tangent, but I just thought, this is what I want to do. This is exactly, it all makes sense to me. And, you know, I asked him, I was like, you want to start a company with me? Like we can, we can just keep selling t-shirts. And he was like, no, dude, I've got a job at Citibank. Like what? <laughs> sell t-shirts, what on the street for a job? <laughs> We're graduating from Penn, dumbass. <laughs> So anyway, he goes and gets like a great job. Um, and we're still in touch, we're like still buddies. And he's even now still doing way better than me. <laughs> um, but so I like started selling t-shirts. No regret for him. It, 
<laughs> yeah, people were like, is he really bummed out now? And I was like, uh, I don't know. He was like co-founded a tech company that got sold for like $200 million. So I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure he's not losing sleep over missing this boat. And so I would travel around and sell t-shirts like on college campuses, on particularly busy intersections. And again, like politics is always kind of like weaved in. This was the fall of 04, which was like Bush versus Kerry. And so it's just this like really tense time in America. Um, John Stewart was kind of like the absolute, you know, king of liberal media. Um, yeah. I was selling like John Stewart for president shirts in New York, got invited to his show and got to meet like John Stewart and Stephen Colbert and like oh. watch a taping, which was just like blew my mind. At the that time. is amazing. I mean, I, I remember I called somebody on like my old AT&T brick cell phone uh, to tell them that I like did just like gotten to hang out with Jon Stewart. And apparently I was like so coherent that when I finally got back to Philly, they were like, so what happened? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I, I, I left you a message. I met Jon Stewart. They're like, I we couldn't even understand what was going on. Um, it's just like, whoa, Mike's dialed up the amphetamines. What was um, he like? What was he like? Like amazing. He was the nicest dude. I. Like literally that was the most mind blowing thing is that we're selling John, I'm just standing in Times Square selling John Stewart for president shirts. And one of the people that walks by is like, oh, my boss would love that. And I was like, oh, you get one for him. And she's like, oh, well, my boss is John Stewart. I was like, oh, cool. She's like, why don't you come by? Here's the studio's address. We, you know, film in two hours. Why don't you just come by? So I come by and there's like a line to get into the studio. And um, somebody from outside is like, oh yeah, you can, you can come in and watch the taping if you want to. And I was like, okay, cool. And they, they sit me in like seats that are like just right off stage. So they film, they would like film those like on-site segments in front of a green screen, obviously. Like, you know, mm -hmm. Stephen Colbert wouldn't actually be broadcasting from Africa. Like not to pull the curtain, not to pull the curtain back and ruin TV for you. But so I'm, so I'm sitting like six feet away from like just him filming. And then before he went on, he was like sitting next to me and they like filmed the show. And then one of the guys who would like let me in was like, oh yeah, John, he wants to come over and talk to you afterwards. And I was like, really? And that just, and he came over and like, you know, chit chatted with me for like a little while about like t-shirts and stuff. And it, I mean, just was like mind blowing how nice he was considering, I mean, it's just my entire company was just me, a used car and a bag of t-shirts. So it's not like I had any web presence. Like I would not have, you know, registered to like anyone. And it was kind of, it's one of those things that I always try to make as much of an effort as possible to be like as nice as possible to anybody like I meet just like for that reason. And you're like, God, I've probably told that story like a hundred times. And you're like, Jon Stewart is getting like some great PR mileage, <laughs> at least like in central Iowa uh, for being like nice to this one guy one time. But so that was by that winter, the it was another election that didn't, quite turn out the way like liberals were hoping that you know, yep. Kerry lost <laughs> in case in case your like history textbooks aren't up to date there was no president Kerry yeah and Edward so Colbert yeah and so by the winter I decided to like I wanted to take my operation indoors a friend of mine was like you know what you should do you should move back to Des Moines and open a store and you get some advice at the right place at the right time because I was just kind of like yeah you know what I'm gonna do exactly that so packed up my stuff which there was not a lot of, drove from Philly back to Van Meter. You've moved back into my old room. Um, my mom had left most of my Rage Against the Machine posters up. So it was like a smooth transition into my bunk beds. I think deep down she knew that I knew that one day I'd be like 
that be coming back. And, and I would like things left the way they were. And a friend of mine from Van Meter, his dad had a little screen printing shop and like a pole barn behind his house. And so I learned to screen print with him, set up like a little screen printing shop in my parents' basement, and then opened the store at about a block from where I am now at East 4th and Locust in the fall of 2005 and back then it was like it was just me it was called smash at the time and we got a cease and desist letter from a company called smash in california so had to change our name and in 2009 changed to Raygun, and that was also the next year we opened our store in iowa city and have kind of slowly grown since then but those first kind of five-ish years from 05 to 2010 were I mean, a little like the mixtape years. That's when we were just like working on the demo stuff. And only from about 2010 afterwards, like after the name change, <clears throat> we started getting the, like the style of the company um, put together a little more. I mean, it's just been a little bit more of a like professional operation. It would have been harder to recognize 05 to now versus like 2010 to now. So can we, can we test out your, uh, you work? Like your work process here? Like how will you go through this t-shirt design? We have a, I mean, we have a couple we can pitch to you here. Oh man, yeah. That's yeah. Your brain. I works. never get that. Yeah. No. Nobody has ever like <laughs> suggested T-shirts to me. So oh yeah. I'm sure. Every day on the street, I'm sure people that see it will probably oh, throw those out. This is one time was in the hospital when my my wife was giving birth once, and the doctor was like, "Hey, I've got an idea for a T-shirt." It's like, "Hey, why don't we? Maybe not here." <laughs> it's like, why don't you just focus on like a small man coming out of my wife? Let's find out where the bar is set before we pitch ours. I want to, I, Mike, I want to know, like, what's, what's the best, like, where somebody's just walked up and been like, hey, I got a t-shirt idea for you. What's the best oh, one yeah. some random person has told you? Uh, I could give you probably, like, the best two that I can remember, and then I can give you the worst one that I can remember. So the best, yes. the single best one was, there was a time in my life when I went out to, like, bars, and we used to go to, like, the... Grand Piano Bistro was like right across the street from here. We go there a lot and I like go up to the bar and the bartender was like, hey, you're the guy from the t-shirt shop, aren't you? And I was like, yeah, pretty much. And he said, you know, it would make a great t-shirt with the coxes coming up. Iowa 2008, rock out with your caucus out. And I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, my God, I can't <laughs> believe I didn't think of that. And I was like, could I buy that from you? And he's like, yeah, sure, how much? I was like, oh, I'll give you like $150 for it. And um, he's like, okay. And I like literally left the bar, went back to the store, which is a block away, got a check and like went over and was like, what's your name? And I like wrote it all down and gave it to him. And he's like, cool. You know, I fast forward like three months and we're just selling like shitloads of those shirts. Like it was kind of like the, you know, Obama's headquarters was across the street from the old store. We're selling these rock out with your caucus out shirts to like the staff. It was in the news all the time. And then that dude like came in one day and I was like, oh shit, I bet he's going to ask me for more money. And um, he was like, you selling a lot of these? And I was like, yeah, we're selling a lot of them. And he's like, oh, that's so cool. And it was, he was just like pumped up that his idea was out there. So that, I mean, it's hard to like knock people giving me t-shirt ideas when still that, and I mean, 2008, if you've got a calculator, was a long time ago. And that's like by far the best shirt. So it's been about a decade of a dry spell. The worst I ever got was the original store was between like the bus stop and workforce development at um, East 4th and Grand. And there were at the time, no other buildings in the neighborhood. And my store was like the only door 
between this bus stop at one block and like workforce development. It was all like empty parking lots. So you'd get like a whole range of people who were like getting off of the bus and going to workforce development. And um, one time a guy like opens his, opens the front door and he kind of shouts at us from like the front to the back. And I have like a buddy of mine was hanging out in the store back then, which when you run a little shop and nobody's like really coming into, people end up just like congregating there. It's like, you mind if I hang out? It's like, yeah, but nobody's shopping here. Sure, you can sit down. Um, that's why I had two chairs with only one employee. And um, this guy's like, hey, you'll take, you'll take a, you'll take t-shirt ideas. Like you give people money if I give you an idea. And uh, we're like, uh, not really. He goes, all right, well, cause I got an idea. It would make you a million bucks. It's like, okay. And he closes the door. And the guy I'm with was like, wouldn't it be crazy if that guy had an idea that would make a million dollars? I'm like, that would be crazy. As fate would have it, the guy like pops back. He's like, okay, all right, all right. I'll tell you anyway. And he's like yelling this to it. He didn't, oh, enter the enter the door enter the store he just like had the door open was kind of leaning through and he's like all right I'll, you know like in a cartoon when somebody's talking and there's like a circle around the words and they're like yeah dude we're fucking 24 years old we've seen cartoons before and he said well so you'd have one of them but it's like down like down lower like somebody's pecker is talking and it's and it's saying like help i'm trapped or help get me out of here he's like you can use it if you want to and left and i'm like well there you go our million dollar idea and it really wasn't a fully formed idea because we didn't even know what the pecker was saying whether it was help i'm trapped or help get me out of here but yeah that one we did not pay for and have not made sense so if somebody anybody listening to this is like going to our website looking for the help i'm trapped pecker shirts they do not exist so that's kind of the range i'm giving you like one was a fully formed like bam bam easy to understand and the other one was just kind of a rambling what would the penis be saying inside your pants? I feel like the pecker one's better than anything I was able to come up with. <laughs> oh, jeez. I mean, if it's worse than that, I'll, you're, uh, I'll give, you, man, I'll give just, you an award. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, whew. all right, here's one. Uh, this one may become super relevant come January 20th. Um, have you ever seen the movie Kicking and Screaming by, with Will Ferrell? Yes. So just kicking and screaming on the shirt. And instead of like, if you look at the, the, the movie, the video, whatever it is, like the, the poster, you have Will Ferrell like on the ground on his knees, like screaming, his hands up, just put Trump's face on it. Oh yeah. Kicking and screaming, boom. Cause the, with the reports that came out saying that he's gonna have to be, you know, drug out of the kicking and screaming, very relevant. And yeah. get, ahead of the, get ahead of the news cycle, I guess. Yeah, and then I mean, if, then if Will Ferrell sues us, that's just, <laughs> that's just good publicity. Just change the tracksuit. Just change the yeah. tracksuit. Yeah, like straight yeah. tracksuit. Just put them, put Trump in a suit and you're set. There you yeah. go. They can't prove anything. Wait a yeah, I can't get this. Possessions nine tenths of the law. A moving um, truck, moving truck for Melania and a paddy wagon for Trump. Uh what shirt that just says trickle down economics is a lie. <laughs> um yeah, man. I'm trying to think of is that even do they still push trickle down economics? I was even surprised. I think every I Republican. They give up, I thought they kind of gave up on like reasoning around it though. They're just like, yeah, it's kind of just what we do. <laughs> it's like for Republicans. We just stop we just stop collecting money from rich people, but then we keep spending money. And you're like, wait, aren't you gonna have to stop spending money at a certain point? It's like, nah, I don't think so. I think that's every Republican tax policy the last 30, 40, 50 years has been just tax breaks for the rich, nothing really for the poor. Yeah, I guess you get, I, it's like, 
You can make one for the people who are being trickled on, I suppose. Like if you were gonna like look for a larger group, be like just one of the many getting trickled on. Cause that'd be like 99% of the population. So if you look for like the largest niche market, you'd want to push something to the people who are being trickled upon. See, this is a why- golden think, you, A golden shower even you could call it. So, <laughs> yeah. Another guys, American you, enjoy, enjoying Trump's golden shower. When See, you guys keep saying trickle, I, I remember on Stephen Colbert, he, uh, he was talking about trickle down economics and he reaches underneath the desk and pulls a beer out and pops the, the top off of it. And he says, all right, I'm, I'm going to give you an illustration of trickle down economics. He kind of takes a drink and he's like, and about 20, 30 minutes or so here, we'll have the trickle down. <laughs> and basically. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's just ultra filtered. Warm filtered beer, also yeah. called urine. <laughs> this is filtered at 98.6 degrees. All right, I got a, I got a two for one special here. This one, this one, there's two sides. They're not really two sides of the shirt, but you can flip it around and twist it. Double your profits here. Oh, you man. In white lettering, uh, you say Donald Trump lost with colons. Below it, you put in blue lettering, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Arizona, Georgia. And then on the flip side, you can do another shirt that has that just says Joe Biden flipped, colon, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Arizona, Georgia. Right there. That's an easy, I mean, easy yeah. come change. Not a, not a million dollar maker, yeah. maybe a couple thousand dollars. <laughs> I mean, from a structural thing, you, I mean, I'm always wary of multicolored shirts just because they take longer to print. Add okay. another side to it. Whew. I mean, you're quadrupling your work at that point. Two no, color front and two, two color back. Shirts. Two separate shirts. Oh, okay. Yeah. But you're, you're hitting your, you know, if you want, somebody wants the Donald Trump loss or Joe Biden flipped, you're making, I don't know whatever one would sell better actually between the two. Maybe some people just want to really piss off Trump. They would go with the Joe Biden flip to really rub it in, I'm sure. But yeah. Trump loser part of it, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Although I guess if you don't, I mean, do you really lose if you don't admit defeat? Is that a t-shirt right there? Do you? Yeah, really, I mean that's, I mean, that's a t-shirt idea right there. I mean, if it is, get Jim Kelly on the phone because he's a <laughs> god dang four-time Super Bowl champion. <laughs> like, hey man, did you ever concede those Super Bowls? Solid you point. Didn't. <laughs> oh, I've got good luck for you getting into the Hall of Fame. Of the of the presidential candidates that you met from the Democratic Party. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do kind of like a speed round here. I'm gonna give you um, some descriptions and which one you would like line up with. For example, we'll start off with one here. Um, of all the Democratic candidates for president, which one would you prefer to drive across the country with? Oh man, I mean, I uh, I have no friends, so this is like a tough. Like one time, I had two tickets to a Tool concert in Red Rocks. And, uh, and I was like, uh, well, I got two tickets, but then I was like, I could not think of a single person that I would want to sit in a car with for 10 hours to drive to Red Rocks. So I just went by myself and like, I put my feet up. Um, so I'll start there. But if I had to go with like one person who would like entertain me the whole way, I mean, I'd want to pick somebody old. So I guess maybe Sanders, like I, that's a lot I of sometimes, Well, yeah. I mean, I guess if we were just talking conversation, but I'd like, I would just have Bernie Sanders, like, I would say, who do you hate? And we'd be in Los Angeles in no time. Like, just what, <laughs> what don't you like? What's wrong with America? And then just poof, the miles are flying by. And at some point, he's going to fall asleep and he's, he's older. He's going to sleep probably for quite some time. So that's a plus, I suppose. Or, yeah, or 
it's yeah another heart attack or i don't know what would happen first <laughs> so yeah i guess sanders for the road trip maybe which one would be better for business for you if they were president um i mean Buttigieg, maybe i mean only a pretty gay store <laughs> I mean, he was also in kind of a lot. There's a photo of me and him standing the exact same way. Like we're both wearing like Patagonia-esque stuff with like our hands on our hips talking to each other and somebody snapped our photo and I was like, oh my God, we could be like cousins. So, um, I mean, I guess that would be more for like, if I wanted a place in the administration, I would need like a Buddha judge. So he would, he was kind of the one that I, I think he would have been the person who was like, yeah, maybe you want a gig? I'm like, no, actually, I'm going to ride this t-shirt thing out past. You're going to have to find another, like, assistant secretary of the interior. What about, uh, think, think of your, like, uh, your craziest night partying with friends or going out and drinking with friends where you had, you know, a little too much fun. Who would you rather spend another one of those nights with? You know, going out drinking with which candidate? Ooh, of anybody who had been running, like, in 2016, Yep. God, who to go out or, drinking or, with? Or 2020. Or, or, yeah, of 2020. That was like, man, that's the year we're in. Um, <laughs> that's, I want to forget, too. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to go out on, like, a bit of a limb. I think, like, Elizabeth Warren would be pretty interesting. Like, I think a lot of people underestimate her. And so I would be, I'd be interested to see what she's like when you're, like, out hanging out. <laughs> okay, here's one. Here's a, this is going to be the toughest one by far. Um, which candidate, I guess, you know what? We'll phrase it this way. What scenario would I have to tell you or explain to you for you to select Tulsi Gabbard? Oh, um, man, I, it's, I know what the most affordable billboards are on the interstate because they still say Tulsi Gabbard. And so that <laughs> indicates to me this is a cheap billboard company that does not have like this is an undesirable billboard and it's not even worth their time to take down the Tulsi Gabbard thing and so I've kind of made a note of one that's like on my way to Iowa City I'm like that might be the first ray gun billboard <laughs> I can kind of tell you where it is because there's like a farmer billboard that's like an unofficial billboard that says Jesus really big and kind of right like behind it there's a big Tulsi one and I think if we did it and switched it to ray gun it would be Jesus ray gun um, I don't know how much business exactly. we get from that, but yeah, what, I mean, man, Tulsi, the scenario of like, I've got to hang out with Tulsi Gabbard. I mean, I guess yeah. if we were going to like, if somebody said, you've got to recreate 101 Dalmatians, you need a Cruella de Vil. I'm like, all right, get me Tulsi Gabbard. Oh, wow. That's Cause she kind of has like the white streak in her hair. And if you wanted to yeah. do like a, a hip, like 101 Dalmatians, she could be Cruella de Vil and I could be, I don't even know anything about 101 Dalmatians outside of the evil person. I'd be whoever the dad was or one of the kids, or I'd be one of the dogs. Fuck it. Is that, is that Disney? 101 yeah, I'm positive it is. I just yeah, never. You could do like the I, Disney live action remakes like they're doing right yeah, now. Yeah, if they, if they said, you've got to find one presidential candidate to play in 101 Dalmatians, I'd be like Tulsi Gabbard. So we, hey, sorry, we kept you pretty late, uh, longer than I anticipated. I apologize. So we'd like, 
we'd like to thank you for coming on our show. Uh, we appreciate it. This was a fun interview. I, I didn't think <laughs> you, you, like you were hilarious. I was, I did not know that how, how many of these jokes you kind of had loaded up in there. So you're, it's, this is enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, some are I've used before and then some, I'm just, you know, like throwing things out off the top of my head. Every once in a while, people are just like, Oh, you should do stand up comedy. I'm like, I'm not looking to make less money. <laughs> it's like, right. what? Why would I want a job that would like, uh, so it is just, but yeah, this is kind of what we, I enjoy doing it. So thanks for having me on. All right. That was our interview with Mike Draper. Very special guest. Very special guest, Mike Draper, the owner founder of Raygun, the greatest store in the universe. The greatest store in the universe. Self-proclaimed. Self-proclaimed. Ryan, why don't you lead off with your... One of your takeaways, I guess. Fine. Maybe. I usually consider myself more of a cleanup hitter, uh, four stick, but in this instance, fine. I'll lead off. Um, one of my big takeaways was just how what a smart guy he is. Um, I, I think it's funny sometimes when people, I don't know, they get upset with people and they're like, well, why, why should he have a voice or why should he have a say? Why is he promoting his ideas or whatever? Well, he went to Penn and was a history major. Like, Maybe he knows something. Like, I'd just like to point out that you've had a crush on like three out of four guests that we've had on the show. <laughs> oh, I yeah. did not have a crush on I Mike Draper. I think we just mesh well with the you, people we interviewed. No, specifically that, Ryan, I'm saying. I know, but I want to have a crush wait, no, wait. on everyone. I, was gonna say, I do not have a – I do not – I want to address – I want to address this. Okay. Address. I do not have a man crush on Mike Draper. Mm-hmm. All right. Are you, I'm just going to say I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened in the 10 minutes that I was kicked off. or whether it was intentional or not yeah maybe they just wanted some alone time i did not accidentally on purpose hit a button that kicked you out okay that's not (laughs) i don't think that button exists i i do want to point out though i do find it kind of ironic that there would be people out there that would discredit people who have their own businesses like mike draper from having a political opinion because they're not a politician or they just assume they're not well informed but i think didn't we just elect a president in 2016 whose only real significance was he was a uh, reality TV star and a business You're fired. Owner. Yeah. Like You're that fired. Was the thing. He, w- he didn't have actually any political experience, so I don't understand why that that's, that's their argument. They do the same thing with LeBron James or, and other athletes. Shut so up why, and dribble. Yeah, shut up and dribble. Why should you have a – Come on, Mike. Sense. Shut up and uh, sling T-shirts or whatever. Yeah. Because <laughs> we, we brought up the whole, you know, hey, we have T-shirt ideas. <laughs> yeah, I definitely haven't heard that before. But he was willing to just listen to stupid ideas that we had. We're just having fun with those things. But his the shirt ideas that his best and worst one, which were were just hilarious. So my takeaway, I was really interested, or I thought was really neat, was his connections he's kind of had in politics already, uh, and that kind of all that because he does right now. But he started started earlier than I realized. I didn't even knew how he talked about like Chuck Grassley and uh, who was the other one, uh, Leonard Boswell. Yes. Yeah. So he's kind of like he's been involved with politics and kind of he's been surrounded by politics most of his life. He's no Johnny come lately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was just intriguing to me to think it kind of makes sense how somebody like this, you know, Mike Draper, who started this T-shirt store, has had these connections and is now kind of um, utilizing that kind of knowledge he has to, I guess, to make some money and to have a, and to have a voice. Yeah. So, Jared, Jared, what was your takeaway? Wait. Oh, oh. I was a little worried. I, I would just your text exchanges after the fact. <laughs> to put things into context for the for the listeners, I'll elaborate more. Jared texted us about what two hours before the interview and said, "Hey, I have a migraine. I can't make it. 
And then the only real knowledge he had of how the interview went was from our text messages, which at one point broke down, like the interview because the internet. They were shut not down. encouraging. Well, the internet shut down, <laughs> and there was that. about seven text messages back and forth. No, there that was text. Pretty, there, was, there was Snapchats was being sent, the videos, pictures. Yeah. A total debacle. On the outside yeah. looking in, it looked like a train wreck. But I think if you listen to the interview, well, you already have because you're here. It sounded pretty good. <laughs> But it was good. Uh, I thought it was good. And we'll edit out the bad stuff so you won't know if it was bad. So I guess true. Yeah. You guys won't I don't think we need to tell people that. All right. That's our show. I hope you enjoyed the interview. I hope you enjoyed our banter. I hope you enjoyed everything. Everything. Every, every, from every start to hey, great world. Hey, from start to finish. We hope you enjoyed the show. It was a glorious finish. <laughs> I don't know why you um, made that distinction. Bigly. We <laughs> bigly. finished bigly. Like one of our very special guests, J.D. Schulten, talked about, get uncomfortable. And for a lot of people, that is to go and be involved. Be involved with the process. Get uncomfortable and be involved. Get informed. And if you live in the great state of Georgia, go vote. Politics is not touch football. Politics is winner, take all. It always has been, and it always will be. Too many OBGYNs aren't able to practice their love with women all across this country. There is not a liberal America and a conservative America. There is the United States of America.